everybody. Welcome to Too Young to Be This Old, as we decided to change the name after episode one to make a little bit more sense. But if you're joining us again, thank you for finding us again. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm Andy, and uh, my friend here, Ben, is with me. Uh, so, yep. Ben, if you want to give yourself a little intro for episode two. All right. Yeah, I am Ben, also known as Dr. Fumbles. Um, this podcast is really born out of uh, leaving work phone calls between me and Andy and us just finding different things in the world that grind at our gears. Um, we've expanded that a little bit. We're not just here to bitch about things all the time. We're actually wanting to just point out things that we noticed that were great conversations we've had. And that's what today's topic is all about. We were just talking about the movie Titanic. And how it is one of the most underrated films of all time. Absolutely. And then I started looking up what else came out in 1997, which was 22 years ago now, um, which is horrible to think about. And we started realizing all the fantastic movies that came out at that time and just decided we needed to talk more in depth about this and, you know, felt like we needed to bring it to other people as well. Before we get into that depth, let's hold up a little housekeeping here, Andy. Just to let you know, if you're a fan of the show, you can find myself at DrFumble07 on Twitter. Yep, and I'm at, at AndySum25 on Twitter. Uh, we also recently set up a handle for the podcast as well, so it's at Too Young to Be This Old. And if you want to directly just pull the podcast from our website, we're currently posting up at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com. All that fun information will be in the show notes as well. So if you find this and want to refer to any of those links, they will be down at the bottom of whatever service you're using. And you can also find us on Twitch at the same handles. You can find us on Twitter, but this is now taking up most of our time. So Twitch has not been very active for us. Yeah, exactly. I haven't been on there in a while. But so 1997, I think first let's think about some of the things that were popular in let's... 1997. And I was looking back at like toys and music and things from 1997 that we might not have realized. Oh, yeah, that was in 97. Like the Tomagotchi and the Furbies were some of oh, the most popular that... toys. Was that also Tickle Me Elmo, Tom? I think it might have been. Or was Tickle Me Elmo earlier? I don't know. We're going to fact check this real quick because for some that. reason. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. We missed it by one year. Tickle Me Elmo is 1996. Okay, so that's why I'm thinking 97. That's what my grandmother yeah. got all the kids for Christmas in 97 because she couldn't find them in 96. <laughs> <laughs> also, Furbies, you know, became the toy you couldn't find in 97. So I bet a lot of right. people got those in 98. That yeah, you're right. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Holy but, hell. Are you serious? Aqua's greatest oh, yeah. hit barbie girl it's from yep. 97 97 you got barbie girl you got mbop and you got karma police three songs okay. that probably couldn't be more different uh karma police i've never heard that one actually that's from honest. radiohead okay that explains everything you, if, you, if you it's not a creep it. I, I probably have but if it's not creep i don't recognize it you know what and the, <laughs> i'm just gonna you only will understand this it's in the bellany video <gasps> okay. It's a song. It's a song he plays at the end of every like little section. Okay, you know what's funny? I was just <laughs> thinking about that skit today, so I think we might need to post a link to that skit for yeah. people to we'll, enjoy we'll, as well. Yeah, we'll put a link to that skit. It's 
very, very old school Donald. And uh, yeah. a lot of people never, never knew the weird things he did on YouTube in the early 2000s. That were bad. Uh, so this whole thing, you know, we're starting to talk about a lot of other things, but this is all about the movies of 97, right? Right. And there was just so many, so many good movies. There were this time, like so. So before we start spouting out names, what we have done here is we have broken it down. We are going to start with you, the award-winning movies of 1997. So we're going to start there, and then we'll get into the list of a more general what happened in '97. So I know the movie I wrote first on this list. I want to save it till last. All right. So we'll save that one for last because it's Ben's favorite movie. Of 97, uh, at least. It, it, it might be of all time. It might be all time. All right, we'll save okay. it. So, so um, let's start. Let's start with. List? No, let's start. Let's start bottom up. Let's go bottom up. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. 1997, one of my favorite movies. The Still Academy Award winner. If it's on TV, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch it from start to finish. Exactly. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Ex- it's Men in Black. Exactly. Men in Black, which was the award winner. For best makeup at the Academy Awards in 1997. So, like he just said, totally deserved. Completely deserved. But Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones never would have thought of two people being more different, having such a good on-screen chemistry. Throw in Rip Torn, and then of course all of the random celebrity kind of cameos and offbeat like snaps at it, like talking about thinking, "Oh, Elvis isn't dead. He just went home," or Oh, oh, I know. Like, I feel like every every year I watch it, like, you, maybe you pick up something some new. that I didn't get because obviously the first in theaters in 1997 when I was first grade, uh, yeah. I probably missed a lot of things. It just was cool. But right. over yeah. the years, it's more and more genius every yeah. time I watch it. Mentioning that Dennis Rodman is an alien, and that's why they get oh. tickets to the Bulls games. You, you, you know, there's all these little My things in this thing. movie. We should have said spoiler warning before we started talking about these movies. Yes, yes, sorry, we spoiled. <laughs> Redacted. 22-year-old spoiler warning here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's just all these different humors. And then um, Vince, Vincent D'Onofrio as a basically a cockroach wearing oh, human God, skin. Yes. Um, yes. And then... It, it just had all these things that shouldn't have worked. Yeah, like, it shouldn't have been so enjoyable. It shouldn't... I don't think anybody thought it was going to win awards, right? I, 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 I... Well, I wasn't around then, so I don't know. But it's... <laughs> it's... It's a surprisingly good movie. And like you said, you can go back and watch this movie today, and the humor still holds up. It's still funny. Oh, yeah. It's still a good watch. And it, I'm not just saying that because I've probably watched it a million times. But right. it, it was and a great film. Great, Will great Smith film. was already already super popular. Went on to continue to be super popular. I mean, although two years later he made a movie we shouldn't even even ever speak of, Wild Wild West. Oh, uh, dude, no, <laughs> no, I love that movie too. So okay, yeah. we're gonna have a separate podcast to discuss why that movie was wrong. No, the only thing that was wrong about that movie is he turned down to play Neo. You know what the best thing about that movie was though? What the theme song? Yes, and Which also Men in also, Black's Men theme, in Black. theme song was so exactly. good. 
I know there's a home video somewhere of me as like a you know young child dancing around to that that song. Oh yeah, it's All right. Yeah. So there's our our rant about Men in Black. And if right. you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have seen it, go see it again. Go watch it and, again. And retweet us with something new you find in the yeah. movie that you didn't catch the first time. Because that's one of the ones that I'm, I'm really sad I didn't get time to watch again before this. But I don't need to watch it again because <laughs> I think I've watched it over, you know, 30 times. Done burn that laser disc out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> our next movie, it won awards for Best Supporting Actor and Best Screenplay Written Directly for Screen, which was a weird category to have that to That is a weird out. category. And do they even still have that? I, that I am not aware of, but the screenplay was written by Ben Affleck and Damon, and the best supporting actor in this movie was the late Robin Williams. Andy, such a, tell such them a good about movie. Good you know, Will I Hunting. I just watched it again. It has one of my favorite rants, and it's when Matt, Damon char- Matt Damon's character is explaining just how easy all this is for him, and it's it's something I've sent to people at work before, but it's... It's my favorite thing. I mean, also, I did check best screenplay written directly for screen was changed in 2002 to uh, screenplay written directly for screen to writing. Okay. So they did take that awful best screenplay written directly for screen movie and, uh, you know, kind of make that a little bit easier to say. But so I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time, like probably in high school. and or maybe a little before that was like the one time I saw this movie. So when I watched it again, now there's so many things I picked up on one. It had a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, Most of the soundtrack being done by um, Elliot Smith, which if you don't know who that is, you should look him up because he did some pretty awesome music. Um, And he was, you know, they were nominated for best original song, but there's another movie that took that honor, but just, you know, a really good story, characters that a lot of people could relate to, and it just, I think it killed it. And how it didn't win Best Picture, I'm pretty surprised. Um, I know exactly why it didn't win Best Picture. But <laughs> I will discuss like, that. Like you said, though, it's a movie people could relate to because there were characters that people either could empathize with or they had seen in real life. Exactly. So either like it... you knew people like this or you just, you know, you dealt with people like this or you had friends i mean there was so much about it that was just so easy to relate to and i think as you get older too and watch this movie again it just once again it, it kind of it hits closer to home every time i think right so our next movie which won the best supporting actress award and best screenplay based on previously published or <sighs> produced works did that get rolled into the writing one? I'm gonna I'm gonna check that too. We're gonna have because to check that. That's one. awful as well. <laughs> I was writing these and I'm like, I know they have some stupid names award. But uh the movie was LA Confidential, and I'll be real honest, I do not care about this movie. Yeah, I I can't say that if I ever saw it, I remember it. Um and by the way, that 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 category is still in existence. Oh my so, god, that's awful. Yeah, pretty that bad. Awful. Pretty bad. But, you know, so let's see, so best supporting actress was who won that one? Okay, Kim Bassinger won that. Who, LA who Confidential. Is a fairly attractive woman, but yeah. I don't care about LA Confidential. I mean, she was in Tim there Burton's were two, Batman, so. Yeah, there were too many, because, like, what, wow. the genre LA Confidential tried to 
B was like murder suspense, you yeah, know, drama like, kind of thing. It might not be murder, but it you had tried so to be like new age. It's like new age, right? Um, Casablanca. Yeah, exactly. But there were so many other movies that came out that I thought did better than this. Like um, jumping a little ahead, but the um, the Devil's Advocate stuff like that. Like those are the ones I remember more than this one. Oh yeah, exactly. And I so, mean, best supporting actress, you had like John Cusack from In and Out. You had Minnie Driver in Good Will Hunting. You had Julianne Moore, Boogie Nights. I mean, you had so many people who could have also taken this award. That I this was a weird one from a movie that I couldn't really care. remember much about or care about. I was like, really? That's interesting. Right. That was a decision. So moving on next, and I this. The only thing that bothers me about this movie is the awards it won, where you have Best Actress as Helen Hunt, and Best Actor was oh. Jack Nicholson. Thank you. I was, I was about to say you... the Joker, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> that is not his said, actual name. No, you said Tim Burton's Batman, and you put me in the wrong frame of mind. Oh, no. <laughs> so, for as good as it gets, and typical rom-com, Right, it's it was a rom com. It was kind it was of a like good a movie. It was good. Best actor and best actress, good. Yeah, yeah. So you know, classifies romantic comedy drama. Jack Nicholson plays like this super OCD, grumpy dude who's a writer, and he kind of hates everything and everybody. And relatable, blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, whatever. But. <laughs> It just, for even a Jack Nicholson role, I was like, this movie's all right. <laughs> I mean, it didn't it didn't blow my mind. So the fact that it won Best Actor and Actress, I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this would have been, this were a Twitter age in 1997. Riot. I feel like it would have just Riot. been nonstop, nonstop tweets about how bad of a decision this was. Yes. Okay. So now that here, we've got rid of the pretenders. Main event. The main event here, the whole reason this podcast got started, winning Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Dramatic Score, Best Sound, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Oh, did I forget one? I did, but trust me, the Best Original Song will make your heart go on by Celine Dion. My heart will go on. Oh my God. This movie, Titanic, absolutely incredible. And if you didn't Golden. get hyped about Titanic <laughs> with that, I'm going to need you to try again. Rewind I mean, if about you don't 30 immediately want to rewatch the movie, okay. I want to rewatch it. I just saw it. Exactly. So, <laughs> literally, literally, I was like, I need to watch this movie. It's been way too long. You have yeah, a think... pseudo historical retelling of the sinking of the titanic which i'm a big fan first off of the the titanic real life you know um the ship been to the titanic museum in vegas tennessee both places it's been it's it's very humbling to see how big the human ego got and how quickly it was humbled through this event but then this movie you have leonardo dicaprio as jack dawson who sells that he is a poor, underprivileged man that just wanted another chance to get to America. 
and you're rooting for him this whole time in his star-crossed love affair with the gorgeous Kate Winslet, who's engaged to the jerk of a Billy Zane throughout the oh, and movie. He, he just plays that role so well. Oh, dude, he is such a, such he a jerk. He makes you so mad. He, the entire he makes you want to kill people. He makes you, you're rooting for him to die. You're rooting for the iceberg yeah. just because Billy Zane is on his boat. Exactly. And let's not forget an amazing performance by Kathy Bates. Oh, I, I forgot she was in the movie, and I yep. think I texted you right away. I was like, Kathy Bates was in this? Oh, my God. Yeah, Kathy Bates was in this movie. It was just, oh, that was like the best surprise, I think, of the whole movie when I was watching it. The Kathy Bates appearing out of nowhere? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that was news to you. It's super exciting there. It, it so, really is. So, like I said, this movie, to me, had a little bit of everything, and it was exactly what I wanted out of the Titanic film. It drew me in. Its runtime is what? Over three hours? If you're watching the extended version, it's over three hours. If you are watching, I think its runtime in theaters was three and a half hours. Right, 195 minutes is the official runtime. Okay, so just so, in yeah, don't three feel like, three hours and twenty five minutes, <laughs> and you don't feel like it's that long of a movie. No, but I still remember that it was two VHS tapes. Yep, you had to switch halfway through. You gotta switch half, and sometimes if you just want to watch the ship sink, you can just start on number two. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's Which I awful. mean, just <laughs> it, it is awful, but I definitely did it when I was a kid. Just want to watch it. Just want to watch it sink. But I mean, this was like, I don't know. I think a huge jumping off point for James Cameron, and such a freaking huge production. And I think for the longest time, it was the uh, most expensive film ever, ever made. made. Yeah, it, it mean, was for a long time. And you yeah. know, we completely forgot about you know you have this story being told by an 84 year old Rose, yes. and the scenes. Those scenes as well are just as good as the scenes on the ship where she's, you know, talking to I I I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on everyone's night. It's just <laughs> it is leaving me quicker. Who are you, who are you missing? Ah freaking the dude from Twister. Oh Bill god. Pa- Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton, yes. From Twister and Apollo thirteen. Okay, dude, I was I whew, Drawing a complete blank on the like I said, this is my issue with names though. To be a hundred percent honest with you, I can remember another film the face was in. There's sometimes I just that name is not happening at all. Um, so yeah, Whew, there we go, Bill Paxton, and right. something else to go along with how successful this movie was in 1997 in 2017 for its 20th anniversary um it was re-released in the theaters and it was selected for preservation in the united states national film registry so this movie is now archived as a piece of history which is ridiculous yeah that's pretty insane i actually i I didn't even know that but one thing i guess i've always loved this movie because I had a weird connection to it. My grandfather actually worked 
on the set of this movie because he was a sign painter. So I remember he had to go to the filming location, which I think they filmed it in Mexico, right? If I don't know if you looked into any of that. Pretty sure they filmed it in Mexico. But they filmed most of it in Mexico. And I remember him telling me stories about how they had to uh, basically, you know, obviously they built, you know, almost a full-size replica of the Titanic to use for filming. And there was so much that went into that. And the whole port uh, at the beginning, you know, when when Leo's playing cards and everything. Mm -hmm. um, one funny story I remember he told me is that when they set up that whole little, you know, kind of the, the port where the boat's at, and they have all those little buildings and everything, all the writings on those buildings, the first time they shot it, they had hung them up backwards and didn't notice until they were reviewing, like, hours and hours of footage and had to go back and redo the whole, you know, basically the whole beginning portion of the movie uh, because it just was all all jacked up. That's that's awesome. I, I needed to know that. Yeah, and he like he, he pulled out pictures. He was like, Look, yeah. here's what it originally looked like. Everything yeah. was wrong and nobody noticed for, you know, weeks. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned this being James Cameron's jumping off point because before this, James Cameron was Terminator. So can you imagine the dude who wrote Terminator being like, Hey, I want to make a movie that's Romeo and Juliet esque on a big-ass doomed boat. Like, baffling. Could you imagine um, a director right, known that, for... Yeah, a director known... Yeah, a director known for his action film. That'd be like if Michael Bay nowadays, like, hey, um, I'm Michael Bay, and I want to direct a love story. How many studios are going to take that one? Exactly. Nobody. Nobody. Okay. But... So, there's one specific scene, and I don't think that it is one many people are going to, that, that they're going to gloss over it when they watch it. As the ship's sinking, there's a moment where you see an old couple that has resigned themselves to their fate. They're laying in bed. The husband has his arm over his wife as she begins to cry, and he leans in and kisses her. Uh, and, when, you, when you told me to look out for that, oh, killed, killed. Yeah, as a freshly married human being myself, yeah. It was one of those things where it's like, that's what love is. In a little 15-second clip, you know. That most we, people probably missed. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where I doubt anybody, anybody, when you mention the Titanic, that's not going to be a scene most people remember. But to me, no. that's the scene that sticks out. Yeah. More yeah, than no, any absolutely. scene in the movie after the, the rewatch. and just like. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And just... I have, there's so many little things that you know. I guess I picked up on, and and thinking about it, winning you know best visual effects, um, all the detail that went into recreating this whole ship, right? All oh, the just painstaking detail that you notice. The staircase, watching. the right. the ship itself, the lifeboats, yeah. everything down to a T. The out again, the reason it won best best design for outfits, right? Look at everybody's was time appropriate. You didn't have things that were out of place that were missing. Yeah. They did their homework, which... No, they did. Movies need to pick up and do that a little bit better now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I... You know, are we, are we ready to talk about the most upsetting part of 
the Titanic and its legacy. How did Leo <laughs> not get best actor for this movie? So I know the long running joke on the internet was right. Leo I not mean, everybody's an Oscar, but everybody's had. It. Yes, you've heard it, but I'm going to tell you again: the man should have won an <laughs> Oscar in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. The man definitely should have won an Oscar for his performance as Jack Dawson from yep. Chippewa Falls, uh, Wisconsin, in The Titanic. Not to mention every other movie role he had after The Titanic. Until right. Revenant. How did he not win with Great all, Gatsby? Yeah. Uh, I mean, all these films he should have won. Yeah, but you I, give it to Jack Nicholson for as good as it gets. What's even more upsetting, though, is he wasn't even a nominee for Best Actor. Baffling. He wasn't even nominated. Now, Kate Winslet was nominated for Best Actor. Who didn't win, which also, another, I don't know if you know this story, but it's definitely, like, a known thing. This isn't too much insiders. Like, she, like, legit almost drowned during the filming of the movie. Um, during which scene because there were several exactly she also caught influenza suffered from hypothermia and just was all kinds of bruised up so Um, everybody that says that she could have let jack on the door with her she was just too tired to let jack on she's too tired it's fine just couldn't do it she couldn't do it but the fact that she didn't win best actress while being nominated is upsetting enough but the fact that they didn't even nominate yeah, it's nominate Leo for best actor. No respect was put on Leo's name. No respect was put on Leo's name. Zero. I bet if they could go back and see the impact that Titanic had on the film industry uh, and and the roles that Leo had, I would love to see if that panel would revote and have a different opinion now. Right, I think that would be because twenty years later, people can still talk to you about Titanic in the first. So I, I don't think anybody could do that for good kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just that—that's what baffles me. And and it's like we're saying, if if this was you know Twitter times, I I think there'd still be hashtags of this Academy Award because I still don't get the as good as it gets portion of this for best actor and actress. Okay. I don't get it. So going from the greatest movies of 1997. We're now going to talk about another awards ceremony that occurs around the same time called the Razzies. And this is an award celebrating all of the god-awful movies that came out in 1997. So several of these we've seen more times than we'll care to admit. But this first one, the the Grand Poobah winner of the Razzies, for worst picture, worst actor, worst director, worst screenplay, and worst original song, The Postman with Kevin Costner. Don't know if I can say I remember seeing a Kevin Costner movie because I think this came out after Waterworld, and I yeah. avoid Kevin Costner like the plague after. That's true. Kind of, yeah. I, it it was worst picture for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming. I'm yeah, assuming. I don't. I don't think I ever saw. It. I don't think I ever cared to see it. I don't remember seeing it on the shelves of Blockbuster. It was probably like four shelves down from mattered. So, yeah. So, not, needless not, to say, we have nothing to add nothing other to than the there. postman, right. was a terrible movie. It was. Um, 
Our next movie was nominated at Worst Actress for Demi Moore in G.I. Jane. And this stars a pre-Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen. And could you imagine in the social climate we have today if this movie came out and it got panned like it did in 90? Mm, that's true. They tried something and in 97... It just... was, not, was not ready. We're ready for it. Was not ready, but ninety-seven wasn't ready for this. Uh, I don't like. I said this movie. I remember seeing it, and the only thing I really remember is her fully embracing this transformation of soldier. Yeah, and she sure. they made it very believable, but at the same time, at like ninety-seven, it wasn't very believable. And and mostly just because of the way they present the things that happen. That's just not the way yeah. real life works. It's the way movie life works. That's fair, but I think I think if you were to redo this movie nowadays, I think with the more who, open-mindedness, I I think who would you replace Demi Moore with? Um, any female UFC fighter. Oh, because I could believe them being that badass way more than I could. And or Becky Lynch. And, and well, any <laughs> WWE superstar. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, I just I just Demi Moore never had a role that screamed that she could do this, so I think that might be part of what made me feel like it was a movie. Yeah. Um, I think fair. this might have led to it. Demi Moore was in Charlie's Or am I thinking? No, you're right. Okay. Unless we're both wrong. I assume Which, we you know what? We have been known to both be wrong. So I'm going to double check that. You know what? I think we're wrong. <laughs> was she uh, no, she was in Full Throttle. She wasn't in the first one. She was the bad guy in the second one. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we were we were basically wrong. No, we were right. I said Charlie's yeah. Angels. I didn't realize it they made two of them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the next movie, I, I don't know too much about, but I know okay. it's one of our favorite aliens, which is... It, it does. Uh, double team. <laughs> Dennis Rodman and John claude John claude Van God. <laughs> So this one awards for worst screen couple with Rodman and Van Damme, worst <laughs> new star in Dennis Rodman, and worst oh. supporting actor for Dennis Rodman. Oh, um, man. So this is one of those kind of trash movies that I kind of like to watch from time to time. Guilty pleasure. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the pretty much anything like Sylvester Stallone or John claude Van Damme have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kickboxer being one of my favorites, and... Now, this isn't a trash movie. This might be one of the greatest boxing films of all time. Rocky, any of them, except five. Except five. But, Ugh, that's I awful. mean, Double Team, it's in 97. Isn't that kind of like, you're more Jean-Claude Van Damme than I. Isn't that kind of like Jean-Claude Van Damme? That's like Should have been done. Should have yeah, been done Yeah, this, this is post-Street Fighter. Point. His career post, is done. Post-Bloodsport. Yeah, post, this is, you this know, is Jean-Claude Van Damme holding on, just making it. Yeah. But yeah. it's still Jean-Claude Van Damme. So the the funny thing to me about this is Dennis Rodman being the choice to be in this movie. That's just the most bizarre thing to me. When I was to me, it feels like they really tried to have the dynamic that um, Demolition Man had with Sylvester Stallone and Leslie Snipes, having the right, very you know, straight laced, uh, very straight laced uh, protector, and then having the awful ball. Right. Um, it's like like I was talking about the lower shelves of the blockbuster. Remember, you this would probably be. 
right below Demolition Man. You'd have Demolition Man, and like two shelves down, you'd have the cheap knockoff, right? Double team. Yes. Also, <laughs> another thing about this movie, and this is going to go into uh, one of our other uh, favorite things to talk about. This also released at about the same time that Dennis Rodman was getting involved with WCW. Oh, man. So talk about just trying to uh to try to milk a cow for all it's worth man he's and literally and also ever. mickey rourke was in this movie and i don't remember mickey rourke being in this Ooh, that's probably because you don't remember much of this movie God, probably because i don't want to but yeah <laughs> yeah so so this next movie oh this next movie we're supporting actress in alicia silverstone who was just, in my opinion, fantastic in this movie. She was smoking hot in this movie. Exactly. Batman and Robin. Oh. So. George Clooney, nipple Batman. Nipple Batman. I mean, you have to point out that it's oh, Chris, just, Chris O'Donnell, right? Oh, horrible Robin. Yeah, it just, I, I couldn't buy any of it. I'm going to be real honest with you. My favorite part of this movie is Freeze. Oh yeah, I was about to say the thing is the one the one really good thing about this movie is Arnold as freaking Mr. Freeze. Like just yeah. So the it. thing that drives me crazy about this I, I uh, to me Arnold can't Mr. Freeze is not the bad guy in this movie. He just wants to save his He just yeah, he just wants to save his wife. That's all he wants to do and just Batman and Robin just got to stop him. So yeah. so I I didn't like Uma Thurman in this movie as Poison oh, Ivy because I feel it. like she was just way too over-sexualized in this movie. Yeah, they, they ruined it. And then Bane was also a nightmare. Because oh, oh if God, you're a I fan of... The, Bane was in this movie. Yeah, if you're a fan of the comics, you understand that Bane is not dumb. Bane yeah. is a very smart, intelligent person. And he just hasn't been at a serum to become super strong. You know, so, what's funny, though, is that, you know, the you know the good Batman series uh, brings back Bane amazing one. Uh, but I don't think they've have they not they haven't brought back Poison Ivy since, huh? No, they haven't. Because it was so bad. I don't know if or you Mr. Freeze or, or Mr. Freeze, Freeze because mm-hmm. I think they were both just so yeah. extraordinarily poorly done. I mean, that... they've also not brought back Penguin, and Danny oh. Leo did a great job as Penguin. But yeah, that was fantastic. But that might be more. <laughs> Can anybody else do this? And right. No, you have to just recast Danny DeVito. <laughs> He's still here with us. He can still do this. Also, just signed on to do Jumanji with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I am so excited for that. Jumanji I... was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, that that could be another podcast. That could be. But yes, Jumanji, so, pre- so there's a line. Now. There's a line that Mr. Freeze has that I will quote to this day. I had an old manager at a former game store I used to work at who, when we started talking about this, he busted this line out, and it has stuck with me and always will. What killed the dinosaur? And I say... <laughs> I remember that Greatest now. moment oh my God. ever. Also, during oh, the filming man. of this movie, Arnold and Chris O'Donnell never had the same schedule, so all of their scenes where they're together, mm-hmm. they were never filmed at they the were, same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I read the shooting schedule this was just a freaking mess 
Yeah, and they blame they blame a lot of the uh, the issues with the move on the shooting the shooting schedule. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it. But I think I mean, was George Clooney? I mean, I don't know. We can think about the current Batman, but is George Clooney the least popular Batman of all the Batmans? You don't think Val Kilmer might be? Ah, I liked Val Kilmer. I don't know. I no. thought George Clooney was not great. Um, I actually really like Ben Affleck as Batman. I I'm let me let me growing on me. Way. It's growing. On. I like him I as like, I like him as Bruce Wayne. There you go. Ben Affleck <laughs> is amazing. Bruce Wayne. Eh, on the Batman part, and George Clooney kind of the same way. I could buy George Clooney as a billionaire playboy because guess yeah. what George Clooney is. <laughs> You know, so what was it? Christian Bale that played a better Batman, but not the greatest Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that, that's a great way. To put <laughs> so it's it. like, can you do both? I guess not. Yeah, they just need to cast different people to do different things. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody will know the difference. But there's also, um, what is it? There's one scene, and I can't remember a specific scene, where Batman pulls out a credit card and is like, "Oh, the Bat card." Don't leave the Bat Cave without it. And I'm like, oh no! I'm just like, no. This movie's it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I, I'll really still watch is. it, but I do not watch it. It's I watch it, it to laugh at it. Now. I put it in my category. Like, this is a hangover. That's a great way to put it. So what this you're is saying is, we'll probably be watching it next Saturday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you put it on when you wake up after a night of drinking, and you can just kind of lay there. You can go in and out of sleep, and it's, and it's still going to be there. It's fine. You're gonna you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna be just fine. It's yeah, purely a hangover movie. So, the next category that we have an award. Oh wait, for. hold on. Oh right, Uh-oh. yeah, right, right. You got it. Okay. Okay, we're good to go. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, what else did you have to say? No, 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 no. I thought you were skipping over the next two movies. You're good. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Our next category for terrible worst sequel or remake, and it had some competition this year <laughs> in '97. But uh, that would be Speed Two: Cruise Control. So let's take Speed, which was already a mediocre concept that Keanu Reeves knocked out of the park. Because what doesn't he knock out of the park? Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure. Just saying, it happens. Everyone has a flop. It's true, it's true. <laughs> let's take that concept and let's put it on a boat. But there's your premise for Speed 2. Oh, bad. So let's also talk about the fact that the phrasing in this cruise control. Cruise control in oh. Speed 1 would have been a great thing for that bus to have because you could have set that cruise control to 55 and there would have been no worries the rest of that. You would have been fine. Yeah, the movie would have been over, though. Exactly. And so, yeah, so this, I don't even really want to talk about this Yeah, no, let's, the movie. We're going to move on to a movie I just watched last But I I have to say one thing before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sandra Bullock was awful in this movie as well. And let's just talk about how you should never travel with Sandra Bullock. No, something bad always happens. We got what, Speed? (laughs) Speed 2. Yes. This stupid Bird Box movie that everybody's talking about. Gravity. That, gravity. Yeah, it's like Sandra don't, Bullock is just bad news if you're on a road. It's go like going anything with her. Yeah, it's like going somewhere with Matt Damon. It's going to cost millions of dollars for you to get back home. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But all right, so I want to talk about a movie that 
and I will make my confession. I saw for the first time yesterday. This is oh. a 90s movie I slept on, which won the award for worst reckless disregard for human life and public. And that would be Con so, so, Air. Yes, and also I want to talk about this. The Razzies yes. know how to name their categories. Yes, they do. They do. They don't have any best screenplay based on previously published or produced no. works. Worst reckless disregard for human life in front of our Con Air. And Con Air takes that to a freaking art. Nick Cage with a mullet. Oh, Nick Cage with a mullet and an, and and he consistently keeps his southern accent, which is not something he does in the any 2007 film? Ghost Rider. Or any film. <laughs> or since. any film. So he keeps his it's almost like he was able to dial back Crazy Cage for this movie a little bit because he was still kind of fucked. But he was he was just weird southern Nick Cage with a mullet wanting to get back to his wife and his daughter. Exactly. On a on a convict plane that crashes. Oh, and just so many people in this movie that I had no idea were in this movie. When I saw Ding Dave Chappelle. Is it? Ding Rames in this. Yes. He's yep. in it. Dave Chappelle is in it. John Malkovich is in it, which I didn't realize how much I cannot stand John Malkovich's voice until I watched this movie. <laughs> I I wanted to like just like tear my eardrums out every time he started talking. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I got a problem with it. It was bad. Steve Buscemi is in this movie as the Marietta Mangler, which just fantastic. The Marietta Mangler. The Marietta Mangler, which I was just I love Danny Trejo's in this playing it super creepy, um, because he's Johnny Twain. So that was uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, John Cusack, young John Cusack, is in the movie. That's the only John Cusack that's had a career, right? I mean, uh, we can do a whole podcast about how much I love Martino. Don't even try me. Oh. But what well, we before before current event probably could have done a podcast on how much you love Kevin Spacey, but then we found out uh, we're not talking about that. We're not <laughs> talking about that. anyway. The one surprise about this movie, because I didn't know um he was in it, was um Colm Meany playing Duncan Malloy and Colm Meany for anybody who enjoys Star Trek is Chief O'Brien. In uh, Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, that just made me so happy and confused to see him not having like an uh, Irish accent. <laughs> but I think just everything about this movie worked for me. It was so much fun to watch, but definitely I think earned its you know worst reckless disregard for human life and property. I'm surprised it's the one that won the award when we had so many other ones. That's true. We do have others, but so, they did go barreling through the Vegas Strip in this one. They did, and that might be the best scene. Yeah, no, that's that's ending. <laughs> okay, so we did have to shorten this list a little bit solely because there were so many movies that came out in '97. Using IMDb's box office tracker, we narrowed it down to the top 50 box office films, and we have broken them down by category. Um, I'm going to read you, probably read you one, and then tell you a little bit about it. In this first one, I'm probably going to tell you a lot about it. Yeah, you are. Lost World Jurassic Park came out in 1997, and it was a huge Mercedes ad. 
it had Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm again, which was awesome. You had everyone thinking that they could handle dinosaurs without fences, and they were all wrong. So they stupid. decide to bring a T-Rex to San Diego. <laughs> the T-Rex, of course, gets out. It eats a dog. It knocks the 76 ball off of a gas station. And a group of Asian people are running away yelling Godzilla. So, if you didn't catch any of that, go watch this movie again. <laughs> There's a blockbuster that makes an appearance in this movie. <laughs> oh, that's a vintage. There might be some people who don't even know what that is. And, and the biggest thing you should remember about this movie is don't go into the tall grass. Um, so, I, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, and I feel like you'll hear a lot more when we do one for 1995 like this. Oh, um, yeah. But Lost World Jurassic Park, not a lot of people enjoyed any of them after Park Until World came out. But I think if you had to organize them based on how good they were, I would probably say Park, World, Fallen Kingdom, this one. It's better than the third one. The third one's just awful. All right. Probably because the third one had Billy Zane in it. Maybe there's some, maybe <laughs> there's there's some Billy Zane hangover. There's always a connection. If Billy Zane's in it, you're not going to enjoy it. But yeah, the third one's awful. And also, I remember through the third one in theaters, and the power went out, and I was really upset, but I should have realized you were doing a favor. Yeah, the big man went, upstairs was looking out for you that day. I went back and watched it like a week later, and it was still a mistake. Mm. Still a we mistake. have Harrison Ford in oh, Air, Force Air Force One. One. A lot of That's plane also, movies in 97. <laughs> and I love plane movies. And that's an iconic laser disc, way, just in case. Okay. okay. But unfortunately, one of the one of the few laser discs that like runs into something called laser rot, which jacks up the picture a whole bunch. But Air Force One, Harrison Ford, as our president, <laughs> as our president, just I mean, what else do you want? That to be a reality sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> um, conspiracy theory, I don't know much about. I know the name. I can't remember I, anything yeah, about the movie. Yeah, I don't remember too much about it. Um, this is one that you've been pretty hyped about. Tomorrow Never uh, Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay, I so, don't get the James Bond love, so carry on. Okay, so Tomorrow Never Dies, featuring my personal favorite, James Bond, Pierce Bronson, because he just, I think, killed that role. And I wish he had done it just a little bit longer. But, you know, our new Bond is fine too. But Tomorrow Never Dies was not only a fantastic movie, they also had a fantastic PlayStation 2 game for um, at that time, shortly after the movie, that gets zero respect. I'll talk about that more later. Because it's not GoldenEye. Exactly. It's not GoldenEye, so I got no respect, but it was just so good. And actually, am I, am I saying PlayStation 2? Because that's absolutely wrong. It had to be PlayStation 1 at the time. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was... You... I'm I'm fairly certain... That tomorrow. No, that was PlayStation was on 1. Boat. PlayStation 1, so I'm just looking. I fact-checked oh. you. In real time. Okay. Good. I don't think the PlayStation 2 was out. In- I think you're right that it wasn't out. Yeah, in it the- came out in 2000. Wow, that... That's later than I thought. <laughs> um, To bring it all together, this movie actually opened the same day as Titanic, which is probably why it gets no respect. You know, I didn't realize that. <laughs> but that is probably a good reason why I respect. 
Um, but moving really on. Just, uh, yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> James Bond, Russian enemies. You can't, you can't lose. It's fine. But let's go on to the next one, which I think you can talk about. Um, another Nick Cage classic here. Yeah. Nick Cage, and John Travolta. I, I started watching this last night and this is another one of those weird 90s movies that i don't think i've ever seen the whole thing yeah okay so face off has a really weird concept where it's basically these two very different people change their faces um and i feel like there's something to do with the fbi and there trying is. To go undercover. yeah, yeah. yeah, but... yeah so john travolta's character agent and nick cage is like a super weird uh like what is he is he like a crime boss or... it's something like that but i remember they the, basically the switch is because they need to get the inside like the fbi needs to get the inside on this crime thing but they can't quite like just make that straight up happen so they come yeah. up with this idea to make it happen <laughs> which again premise all over the place it's not a great movie I think it's not great so within the first 10 minutes you get serious crazy cage you get just that full weirdness so yeah that that's face off in a nutshell um george of the jungle with brendan oh. fraser came out this year which i know i've watched this a hundred times the only thing that sticks out is that brendan fraser was in this movie and this is this is pre-mummy brendan fraser that was that was a rough one it wasn't that good it, it was rough and and i know i remember it being rough because even as a kid that was like I could put on if I needed to go to sleep and couldn't fall asleep because I could never make it through the whole thing. It was just so bad. And I would just collapse every time that movie would get about 20 minutes in. I was asleep. Just done. (laughs) Just done. Okay, so we have two movies based on volcanoes in Dante's Peak. Talk about Dante's Peak, because you said so good, so I'm assuming you like this one. No, no. I like Volcano. Oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so do you. Then, yeah, I, I was a big fan of Volcano as well. Um, I don't. I remember Dante's Peak was far more serious because it revolved right. around an actual volcano and them trying to tell a town they need to get out. Right, right. But Whereas Volcano, volcano you got Tommy made, Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> exactly. And it makes no sense. You have a volcano just appear in the La Brea Tar Pits and starts taking over los and or yeah los angeles um they ironically use i love la and the closing credits <laughs> which was amazing there's one scene that always makes me cringe movie to this day because it's a huge irrational fear i have of melting oh, yeah. in lava there's a um construction worker dot worker whatever they want to call mm-hmm. him who goes back onto a train that's getting eaten by lava melted by lava to save his conductor, he goes to jump off, and he doesn't make it. He just like goes halfway, oh. and you see his feet hit the lava, and he throws the dude off of his shoulder and saves him. And then you hear him screaming as he's melting, and he screams till it gets mm-hmm. to about where his spinal column is, like right in his upper chest area, and then he just stops and continues to melt. And I'm like, that's fucked up. That 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 is pretty messed up. Yeah. So Did you know that uh, it came out like two months. Um, after Dante's Peak. Did not realize that, but Volcano love, was the one I remember. I love 90s movies and, like, how many movies were just straight up, like, cheap reimaginings of the same thing. 
Yeah, even though neither of these movies were cheap. No, 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 but like... The volcano idea was like, let's make a volcano movie. And they're like, let's release now. And the other volcano movie's like, well, let's take advantage of them being out. Let's... Right. But you got, you know, you had that... Oh, those all those disaster movies were just fantastic. And I love the way that they all, like, just ended up kind of being the same movie rehashed, like Deep Impact and Armageddon. Both yeah, but Armageddon was so much better. Oh, of course. Armageddon was the better one. Uh, Deep Impact was the three shells down the blockbuster. I don't want to close my eyes. I, I don't, don't want to fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> That's 98 actually, movie podcast. Yeah, 98 that, movie yeah podcast. that was actually my wedding uh, my wedding song, my mother's I, song I, dance. I was there. I know. I almost cried. Backstory on, back on that one was that was me and my grandmother's song. My grandmother oh. would always say, I will dance at your wedding. And she passed oh, away no. two years before. I got married, so that was that was for you, Manny. You trying, um, trying to make the, the whole podcast audience cry now, <laughs> dude? I, I I've got to move oh, on because I'm getting to move on myself. So so moving on to J Lo's breakout role, Anaconda, <laughs> Ice Cube, J Lo, John Vite, and an animatronic Anaconda. What could go wrong with this movie? Somebody Everything's the answer. Bad. Somebody Do pitched. A, this got through a board meeting. You know what? What I just explained, if somebody in 1997 said Ice Cube, <laughs> J-Lo, John Voight, and Animatronic Anaconda, I'd be like, I think we got ourselves a pilot here. Let's go. It's not oh, a terrible man. movie, though. And you know who else was in that movie making another 1997 role in a pretty what ridiculous is, movie? Danny Trejo. Was once again in this movie. Oh, he's the guide, isn't he? He's the po- he's the poacher, yeah. Yeah, that's what I also, thought. Also, Owen Wilson is in this movie. What? Yes, he's Gary. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he was in that movie until I was just looking at it. Earlier. I did not either because all I ever I didn't know he was is... doing much in the nineties, but it's truly he wasn't doing much in the nineties because, I mean, what's Owen Wilson's breakout role? Is it <sighs> Shanghai Noon or like? I don't know. For me, I don't. I don't know what Owen Wilson's like big role was. I guess Zoolander in two thousand, probably. I would want to say Zoolander. Zoolander, Shanghai Noon, and then he was in the Royal Tenenbaums. Like it, late night, like early two thousands was Owen Wilson time. That's why I was like, wait, Owen Wilson was in this? Where? Crashers. <laughs> yeah, that's way later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think the only <laughs> disaster for this movie caused the fact that there were four more of them. Oh god. And then there was a quote unquote fifth one of Lake Placid versus Andy. Oh right, I forgot about Andy, oh. I think that's what we need to watch I, next time we hang out is yeah. Lake Placid. Oh. Lake Placid on its own good. Anaconda yeah. good. Don't mix don't mix. Don't cross the franchises. Don't need it to ends. cross. It ends badly. It really does. But another gem that I don't think got enough respect in 1997, you know, just strong, strong movies. And I, I don't know how much you're into this one, Ben, but this is probably one of my favorite movies. I can appreciate what it has done for Bruce Willis and Mia Jovovich. Exactly. But yeah, I don't, I never understood all the hype of the film. Oh, just, just one of my favorite movies. You got Bruce Willis killing it, the whole sci-fi vibe to the whole movie. You have Chris Tucker just being 
really, really weird Chris Tucker. Before really, really weird Chris Tucker was actually Chris Tucker. Right. And then you have Gary Oldman in this (sighs) as just super bizarre villain with horrible hair. Can we talk about Gary Oldman for a moment and how, like, every role he's in is completely different? Like, you never recognize him as, like... Like he's he's in I mean, element. He's he, serious black. He's Commissioner Gordon. Like is he Gary the, Oldman? Like, uh, oh God, now I'm blanking on names. He's a chameleon. Ah, uh, yeah. Is he the um, Christian Bale of the of the nineties? I mean, just, no, because he's still <laughs> being freaking. It's true. Still killing it. Yeah, maybe maybe Christian Bale is the Gary Oldman. 2000 there you go but yeah he's always totally different but i think definite huge honorable mention for um the next one i know is your bag but also uh i remember seeing this one probably earlier than i should have because my grandfather also worked on this next one which was spawn i remember him having a weird early v8 he sat me down and watched it and i did not understand it so Spawn to me is one of the first movies that kind of made the superhero movie cool. Um, not that it was that great of a movie, but it but to me it was a good watch because Spawn is just such an intriguing character, really tied with very religious themes, things like that. So it's it's not something a lot of I don't think a lot of studios would ever want to touch nowadays. I was gonna say, do you think they could remake Spawn? I know the talks are to remake Spawn. I think yeah, I feel to... like that's a a rumor that comes up like every 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 two years. <laughs> like. Yeah, if somebody's like they're gonna redo Spawn. Yeah, but Michael J. White as fucking Spawn was awesome because Michael J. White is a legit badass. True. But there was just a lot in this movie that <laughs> you go back and watch this. The effects in this movie <laughs> were. They were so rough. So bad. <laughs> they do so not. Bad. They do not age well at all. No, no, it is not really bad. bad. Um, so let's talk about a movie that I think has become a bigger cult classic. Oh yeah. Than than it ever was. Starship Troopers. Yeah, I remember renting this movie and not knowing what to expect, and. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, that's what you should have expected, and he delivered everything. Pleasantly surprised by this Because it was just, just nothing I expected, but just fantastic. Because you got your giant bugs, you got bugs killing cows, just really, really over-the-top, ridiculous sci-fi, almost parody, I guess, right? Yeah, it was to an extreme. It was basically, yeah. you know... Honestly, I think this might have been some of the inspiration for Halo. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You That's see a, a lot really of similarities between this. Movie you really and Halo. do. <laughs> that didn't even that didn't even click till right now. Down to oh like the God. helmets and the guns, man. I mean, You're right. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh. Scary. But yeah, how many this is, Halo this developers is the, watch this? All of them. The oh, answer every, is all of them. Every um, single one of them. But yeah, it was it was really cool because you had this um. The best way to explain the setup is it it starts with a bunch of high school kids who are in their like last year of school enjoying you know life this that and the other they're gonna have to apparently now they have to serve in the military this that and the other um no they didn't have to serve in the military it's the attack that happened 
a bug asteroid hits Buenos Aires, which tells you immediately first world problems. That's what it was, yeah. And when that happens, it affects all these kids that are in the school because their parents live there. Um, but they didn't live there at the time for some reason. I don't remember. There was, right. there was a lot going on. <laughs> there was a lot going on sense. that got pretty quickly glossed over. Yeah, but they bugs. immediately, everybody decides to join the Space Marines to go fight bugs. <laughs> and you have Neil Patrick Harris, who is like a bug expert, explaining how to kill bugs throughout the movie, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And uh, you have them doing like simulated training where somebody actually dies. Because they take yeah. the helmet off, and somebody, oh, the lead character, has to get like 40 lashes. And there's a lot of craziness going on in this movie. There's but. a lot in that movie that I think, even when I went to the it's like, am I supposed to be watching this? Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> there's so a this lot is, of them. This is they a also movie. made four sequels, boy. They did, but I only watched we the don't. first one and just stopped. We don't count them. It's, it's the Anaconda Space Marine movie. They, they even made one in 2017, Ben. Oh, man. It was a Japanese-American computer-animated film in 2017. I bet you said it's Japanese-American. Yeah. I bet it's pretty good. I bet it's pretty good. They made, so, like, only two of the sequels are live-action, and then the other two are Japanese-American computer-animated films, as Wikipedia describes them. Okay. (laughs) A lot of them apparently just totally ignore the events of the other two (laughs) movies ahead of them, but whatever. Okay, whatever. We don't care. (laughs) Yeah, just just move on. All right, so the next movie on this list I did not realize came out in 97. I didn't realize it was that far back. Same. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. I don't really... feel like this one needs to be talked about too much. Yeah, we all know what Austin Powers is. I don't I don't think I've seen one of those movies in years. I doubt they age well. Um no, they don't. Yeah. They, I don't they think don't they age all. well. I think I, I would cringe laugh. the entire time I watch I still them. laugh at them because they are still hilarious to me. Right. But right. they do not age well. Because my humor has not aged well. <laughs> um <laughs> These, I'm unhappy these because I eat, and I oh eat because I'm unhappy. That was the third <laughs> one. That wasn't even the first one. Yeah, that. But that's... that. But yeah, there's just it. Austin Powers playing Mike Myers. Mike Myers playing Austin Powers <laughs> playing Doctor Evil. Scotty doesn't know. Um, oh nobody God. loves Scotty. You know, it's Seth Green's in him, and that was kind of funny. Yeah. And it's just yeah, and and there's always the running gag at the end about a sex organ. Yeah. Like, oh, that missile looks like a big dick. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Richard, you know, on and on and on and on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's it it's it's middle school, high school grade. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a drunk movie. Yeah. It's not when you're hungover you watch it while no, you're No, no, no. That's a drunk movie. I would not want to watch that hungover. Okay. And I'll be honest, like the next four that were top fifty box office never saw any of Never I know the him. Saint. I know the Saint starred Val Kilmer, and that was the reason that right. um, he wasn't in Batman and Robin. Might have saved. Right. Might have saved his life. Might have the Jackal. I I got nothing on that one. Uh, I got nothing on the rest of them, man. I, all that's, right. Those so are I think all. We talked about the ones we know. So yeah. do we want to move on to the comedy section? Yes. Okay. So we we, we talked about the 
action film. I guess the comedy we start with. Okay, I don't want to start with that first one. You don't want to start with that first one? Because similar similar to Titanic, it's the one I know. Um, My Best Friend's Wedding. Eh? Hey, I, I, these I came never, out when I, I didn't care about romantic comedy. Right, never, I was never like, hot on that. Don't, don't care. Lover, um, fantastic. Another Robin Williams movie. Except, yeah, Robin Williams was killing it. Nice. Except awful instead of amazing like Goodwill. Oh, now, I, I say that with all the love in, in my heart. respect. I say that with all the love in my heart, but Flubber made no sense. It didn't, but it was still good. <laughs> was that like a Nickelodeon producer? Yeah, it was. It was a Nickelodeon film. Yeah, because I remember seeing just nonstop ads for that on Nickelodeon back in the day. Yeah. Um, in and out. I know it got some award award hype, but right. That was again another one that I just I slept on that one because that yeah. that's more of a rom com. Yeah, Mouse Hunt was. I can remember as a kid enjoying watching it. It kind of took the premise of like home alone except instead of it being a kid it was a mouse ruining right. everyone's day which right. can be funny but again it was kind of going back to those board meetings you were talking about how did that one clear how did yeah how did they do that uh jungle to jungle it's jungle. interesting that this came out the same year as george of the jungle it had tim allen in it and he basically right. goes from the jungles of new york talking about the city to actually being in a jungle and then adjusting to life coming back, and I think I think there's something to do with the sun in there. There's something to do. Yeah, with... there's a sun in there, and I don't know if I'm thinking about Jungle to Jungle or another movie, but I remember this movie had like a lot of really weird situations where they like you could when you watched it again, especially on like VHS, you could tell where they had to like redo the audio in spots. And there was a lot of like I don't know what the term for it is, but there's a term for when they have to like re-record the audio. No, they re-record the audio over the video, and it just looks out of sync and just feels weird. So that that's Jungle to Jungle was always just an odd one for me. Could never get into that one. But yes, there is a son. He travels to. Um. His ex-wife has left him, lives in a tribe in Venezuela. He has to travel there to get her signature on those papers and find out he has a 13-year-old son. Do you think they make this movie again in 2009? If Tim Tim Allen's in it, I I really kind of want to see it happen. (laughs) I'm going to skip down, too, because Bean was amazing. Yes, you could have skipped that other one. Bean is Rowan fantastic. Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson is just a freaking genius. He's still killing it. Still he's, killing still, it he's still portraying Bean, too. I know, but I just remember being so excited to go see this because I think it was it was either Nick at Night or maybe like one of the other like classic TV channels that I remember watching the Mr. Bean shows like from BBC. Yeah. Um, with my parents, like back in the nineties, before this movie was even a thing, and then when my parents were like, "They're making a Mr. Bean," I was hype, and <laughs> I still watch this movie and just crack up because his humor is, I think, just perfect. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't it, it doesn't like uh, you know it has no opportunity to like 
age poorly because it's pretty simple, but he just he just pulls it off so well. And, and I don't think many people could uh could do that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing to lose. It has Martin Lawrence in it. That's about all I can tell you about. Yeah, that's about it. I just I don't remember anything about it other than Martin Lawrence being in it and me not caring about it. Um, and I hate to say this, it's kind of the same with Soul Food. Because, yeah. like, I, I heard about this movie, and being mm-hmm. from the South, all I could think about was, well, how can you make a movie about food? Right. <laughs> right. It had a really good, it had a really bumping soundtrack, though, because it was a, <sighs> bunch of the, a bunch of R&B artists and stuff right. like that. Right, right. So I remember the soundtrack being really good, but I don't remember the movie at all. Other than it had Mackay Pfeiffer. That's it. true. All right, so my absolute favorite comedy of 1997 has to be Liar Liar. Uh, a Jim Carrey masterpiece, also starring the great Carrie Ells, um, basically about Jim Carrey's son wishing that he couldn't lie. And the biggest reason that's important is he is a lawyer, a lawyer that cannot lie. The hilarity ensues across this movie, opening with him trying to sleep his way to a promotion. And the first thing he says to his boss is, I've had better talking about the sex they just had. <laughs> I was reading back about that and forgot about that entire part. <laughs> well, there's that one. And then the scene in a bathroom where he's beating the hell out of himself. And the guy goes, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm kicking my own ass. <laughs> I legit need to rewatch this because I don't think I've seen it in a really long time. It, it's really good. But, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the comedy in it is basically him being unable to tell a lie. And instead of just kind of telling the truth, it's like brutally honest what he thinks about the person, which I like to live my life that way. So I ruffle some feathers, I mean, but I make do. a lot more lifelong friends. But I like how then years later, I guess, I never thought about how similar uh, Yes Man kind of is to the same concept. I've never seen Yes Man, so oh, my, just, I might have to put that in the watch. He the has watch to bin. say yes to everything. So anything that comes to him, he has to say yes. And it's, I don't remember if it was a wish. It wasn't the same, you know, like wish situation. It was just something else brings about all of a sudden he has to live his life this way. So it's, it's worth a watch, but it's kind of funny looking back at liar, liar. And I'm like, he did this. And then he did. Yes, man. Um, But I did find one thing interesting here is a little bit of trivia when, I was doing a crash course in this movie was the fact that this was his uh, second of three collaborations between him and the director, Tom Shadick. I don't even know if that's, if I'm saying that right, but first one being Ace Ventura Pet Detective, this one and their third collaboration being probably his best movie to a lot of people, Bruce Almighty. His most blasphemous movie, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Another one. I, I mean, I think I'm skipping down if we want to go on to horror. Yeah, because, yeah, horror, moving on to horror so, movies. You're going to skip Scream 2 and go straight gonna, to that one? I'm going to go straight to Contact. Okay, well, let me just mention, Scream 2 happened this year. Scream 2 and happened. And nobody cared. That's it. Yeah. But Contact, another fantastic sci-fi 90s. And 
I I still watch this movie every once in a while because it's just it just I love it. This is one of my favorite movies. So you know you got Jodie Foster, you got Matthew McConaughey in the nineties. All right, all right, all right. So good, but. <laughs> Another one I know a lot of people like, and I think Ben can talk about more than I did, is the next one down here is I Know What You Did Last Summer. I, I really feel like this was a, a cheap imitation of Scream. It was. But it worked because I think everybody has that that group of friends and you have that one secret that you agree to take to the grave with. Right, exactly. I think everybody can relate to that premise, but this was that premise coming back to bite you. And I thought that was a cool concept. And then also the fact the killer killed with a fish hook was <laughs> brutal. So brutal. <laughs> um, Devil's Advocate I mentioned earlier, man. Right. Literally the devil being a lawyer. Yeah, another and good it, one. Oh, I'm, I'm, before I mess this name up, I'm going to get this right. Oh, the devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. You got to get it right. Going back, we have Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, and Chalice Theron. Um, basically, you have how, how to put it. You have Keanu Reeves being an amazing lawyer, like above amazing, like completely winning cases left, right, and center. No clue why. Come to find out, he's basically sold his soul to the devil, um, and that devil is played by Al Pacino, who comes to ruin his life. And yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Classic. And of course, Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't can't lose. And I'm adding one to how you left it off. Gattaca came out in 1997. Uh, the reason it didn't get put on the list is the box office. Well, they're all wrong because Gattaca was fantastic. Um, you also have Kiss the Girls come out with Morgan Freeman. Um, a really creepy kind of Silence of the Lambs vibe to me. Not that there's a cannibal killer, but it, yeah, a, uncomfortable when watching this movie. Right, right. That's that. That's fair. No, I, um, I know nothing about the game. The game, it came out. It happened. Yeah. Alien Resurrection. Alien? Oh God, why? Why did it have why? to come out? Why? Yeah, this was just this was one of those. It's something we see nowadays far more prevalently, just trying to make money off and and that that yeah. to me is exactly what Aliens Resurrect. Just try to you know try to milk that name bank on that franchise, which yep still happening now. Oh yeah, and way more now than sure it did. It'll now. keep happening. Rainmaker is a thing that happened. Matt Damon's you know pretty good movie in 1980, but you know yeah. move on. Good Will Hunting yeah. happened. Yeah, going on to the last section we have here, two movies that made this list. Not that these were the only two that came out, but these were the only two that were in the top 50. You have Hercules Mm. starring the voice of one, Danny DeVito, Meg Ryan, uh, John John Woods? Is that his name, John Woods? The guy from Family Guy? Uh, The guy who has the, the reoccurring part in Family Oh God, um, James Woods. James Woods, not John James Woods. Okay, Woods. James Woods. I was like John Woods. <laughs> yeah, I work. I I work with literally a James John. Um, That's fair. Josh, so it's like they it all it all blurs together. <laughs> I love this movie because there's this is another one going back to about go back and watch this and look at 
some of the funny pop culture references they make. Oh, yeah. Like, basically, Nike shoes. Being, oh, I know. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's things like that. And I think that this Hercules, I mean, you go and you look back to what Disney does with these movies. Merchandising. They're still making money off of merchandise for the Something that Disney's just always been great at doing. Merchandising, tie-in, things like that. Yeah, I agree. And then the next movie, which also has Meg Ryan in it. Um, it does. Anastasia here. Yeah. Anastasia. Um, this, I think this could have been a live-action movie. I think so, too. But as an animated movie, it was... It had so many good parts. There was a lot of music. I remember there being a lot of music, a lot of songs. There's a lot of music, and it had, like, I think, you know, more of a creepy vibe than I expected. Right? Yeah, because they, they the truly... Whole, they go in on, like, the Rasputin stuff, and... Right, so really... if you don't know the story of Anastasia, the quick rundown is Anastasia was a supposed lost princess of the Romanov line that during the um, rebellion was, instead of being killed, she got away or and doesn't know who she is. So that's the principle that Anastasia runs off of, where she's orphaned, she only has this locket. You have two con men who are trying to fool the Duchess of England or something like that, her grandmother, basically, into believing they found Anastasia. One of them was actually there the night and was the reason they escaped. So you have these con men who finally find the real thing. And along the way, you have Rasputin going full warlock on everything that can happen. Yeah. With his little bat that can talk. And tells him to watch his blood pressure. <laughs> And weird personal fact about this movie. I saw this in the theater four times for a reason that really didn't make much sense. So there was a summer camp I was in. And every week, uh, one of the days, like, we would go to the theater and, you know, they put on movies for kids. And it's usually some movie that came out a while ago. I've seen it. So I remember there were four occurrences where they for some reason, didn't have the movie that they had advertised they were going to show to us. And they were like... Whatever, here's Anastasia. Just put on Anastasia. <laughs> and then they did it again. They were like, hey, dog, we know you like... It worked last here's time. Here's some more movie. Anastasia. Yo, dog, <laughs> we heard you like Anastasia, so here's some more Anastasia. More times than anybody should in the theater. So I have okay. not seen it since. Because I know it. I know it. I lived it four times. Okay. <laughs> So, but, with that being go. said, that rounds out our top 50 box office sellers. Now, I called this the uh, the top, or the five films that I think got no respect. I think Andy's used this phrase a few times describing some movies. Yes. But I'm going to tell you my top five. And if you have anything to say about them, Andy, go ahead and let me hear it. <laughs> Vegas Vacation. All right. Because I've always thought the the Griswolds were a hilarious family. This one was amped up to a whole other level. Because you have Cousin Eddie living out in the middle of nowhere on his trailer, burying his money. was hilarious <laughs> to me. So the good. son basically went on a hot streak out of freaking all the casinos. And there's one point he goes, yeah, I'd go in, I'd put a coin in, I'd get a car. Put a coin in, I'd get a car. That doesn't happen. But it was hilarious. <laughs> The sister decides that she wants to be a stripper for some reason when she's in Vegas, which, as a 
almost pubescent boy. That was right up my alley. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was one of mine. Uh, and this is like a guilty pleasure for me. That's really hard to admit because you get a lot of mm. weird when you say that you like Selena. It was a docu, like a a, a dramatized ah, biography. documentary, and it's yes. fantastic. Oh my god, I'm glad Selena is so that. good. And I did not know it came out in '97 until I was looking here. Well, here I watched that movie so many times. I vividly nobody remember. should admit that. Yeah, I vividly remember it came out exclusively to HBO. You're damn right it did. And I remember watching it so many times because I thought the music was great. I thought the family aspect of it was great. And again, the actress that played Selena was really Yeah. No, Selena's fantastic. Uh, another one, going back to our Nickelodeon days here, Good yeah. Burger, the feature film, oh, came out in 97, God. starring Sinbad. <laughs> so good. Um, I, the funny thing to me with this, uh, with Good Burger, is it's another one of those that Go back and watch it. It's how did Nickelodeon get how did they get a whole movie? <laughs> yeah, how did they get a whole movie out of Keenan and Kel's sketch on all that? That's just, all it was. It was just a longer sketch. So it's something that only could have happened in the nineties. You're completely right. <laughs> you can't do that movie now. It would just it wouldn't happen. No, it did have Shaq in it though. It did. It also has Carmen Electra. I know. It just how how they pulled this off is just yeah. Incredible. I I don't know, but that I can still go back and watch this movie to this day. Oh, I probably watched it like three months ago. But but it's it's one of those. It's and and to me, this next one is a classic. Yeah. Air Bud. Like who the hasn't original. watched Air Bud? The, yeah. yeah, the original Air Bud when he plays basketball. Yeah. Not when he tries football, soccer, and he does other ridiculous sports that dogs can't play. No, those are... Because dogs can basketball. They can basketball only. They can. (laughs) I I always wanted a dog growing up. I couldn't have a dog at that point because of the living situation. And Air Bud just filled that hole for me sometimes. (laughs) That's really sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's move on to your next one. And this last movie... Going back and speaking of his royal shackness. Oh, yes. This movie is so bad, it is good. It is Shaquille O'Neal as a John Henry wannabe. I think his character's name is Steel. He makes a suit to fight crime with a super-powered sledgehammer. Let let me repeat that for you so you can digest that a little bit. Shaquille O'Neal in (laughs) a metal suit with a super-powered sledgehammer. I'm not presenting a power of Shaq Fu. This was a movie that got produced. Watch yeah. it. Approved, Watch it. funded, filmed. A whole crew of people worked on it then. Yes. Whole crew <laughs> of people worked on <laughs> this movie. For an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> and this is also like. This is also Prime Shaq. This yeah. isn't like. This isn't Phoenix Sun Shaq. No. This is, this is Orlando Magic about to be in LA. Shack. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is prime Shaq, which just so you all know, Ben and I love Shaq, and I have a life-size cardboard cutout of Shaq directly behind me right now. You're welcome. <laughs> yes, which was <laughs> achieved through very strange circumstances. 
yes. and then Ben got to me. <laughs> Basically, I was in a store one day and told somebody that I wanted Jack Standy. Well, and they no, said no, no. okay. Remember the first time we saw it, we were leaving that barbecue place drunk. And oh, I screamed good. because I saw the full-size shack cut out inside of the GameStop while it was closed. And I yelled that I want it, I want it, yes. I want it. So at that <laughs> point in time, I still had some connections in the company. Yes. Um, and I said, hey, I want that standee. And they're like, okay, you can have it. Well, when I went to pick it up, I was told to turn away. So I actually had another friend hunt down one for me <laughs> and get it for me. And I brought it home, and I had all into keeping it. And my fiance, now wife, said, hell no. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know who's going to want this? And I went and I took it to Andy. And, of course, he told his wife we're keeping it because he has an office he can hide it in. I did not have that. Yeah, she doesn't have to look at him. Shaq lives happily in my office. And the old cat who also lives in my office was Shaq. So there we go. Every, this works for everybody. Right. But let's let's go on to my list. We talked about it, so I'm not gonna spend too much time. So I I, I couldn't agree more with Good Burger. Fantastic. <laughs> Doesn't get enough respect. I think Spawn, for all of its shortcomings, is like the butt of many jokes about '90s superhero movies. And I think it did. You know, it did. It was it. no worse than Blade. It was exactly. Blade caliber. Exactly. So I think it did what it needed to do at the time. And you know, you can't ask more than much more. Tomorrow Never Dies, I think, doesn't get enough respect, partially in the movie category, but especially as a PlayStation 1 game that I beat multiple times because I didn't have GoldenEye because I didn't have an N64. <laughs> so Tomorrow Never Dies, for me, was the quintessential Bond game. Um, another one, going back to that sci-fi feel, is Event Horizon. This was, like for me, the first sci-fi horror kind of film I ever made it through. Um, and actually enjoyed, and I still watch it every once in a while. I have it on LaserDisc, and it still holds up, I think. Effects, you know, even hold up to this day, even me 97. So if you haven't seen Event Horizon before, watch it. It's totally worth it. And we talked about it longer than we should have. Flubber, it's Robin Williams. It made no sense. Nickelodeon produced it. But like we say with Good Burger, they got that approved, so Flubber couldn't have been much of a discussion, right? It was just Robin I Williams. Think, I think Flubber go. was probably the harder discussion because Good Burger already had a premise that was on the network. That's true, but Nickelodeon was like, "We can get Robin and make you, a movie about anything." Yeah, you, you're probably right because so, this is post Jumanji, Robin Williams, correct? Yeah, I believe so because Jumanji was. You'll notice as we talk, we also refer to a lot of people as like, oh, they did this then and then, you know, this. Um, And a lot of that just comes from when you think about people getting their big shots, it's usually because they've had something else happen. Or when you see a movie like Flubber made, you knew Robin Williams had to have had something happen that, um, that caused him to have that leeway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Jumanji was was 95, so he was coming up Jumanji hype. Um, Let's talk about this real quick before we get crazy off subject. Yeah. Going with the kid category, Robin Williams. You have Hook, Fern Gully, Aladdin, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji, 
all coming in before Flubber. Right. And you also have Goodwill Hunting that released at the same time. Same, same year. year. Yeah, same but year. It, but after Flubber. Right. Boy, how, how much whiplash do you have to have as Robin Williams to go from being in Flubber and Goodwill Hunting at the same time? Right. Also, yeah. you didn't even mention Aladdin. <laughs> I said Aladdin. Did you? Okay, I missed it. I said Hook, Ferngully, Aladdin, Mrs. Oh. Doubt. Right, I'm, I just the land slipped by there, but yeah, yeah, and then and then you have Flubber, which the weakest, but still worth watching at least once. Right, in my opinion. So, in conclusion, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that 1997 was a banging year for movies, both good, bad, and ugly. Um, I think if you ever get bored one day, think about your favorite movie. And then yeah. go and look at what other movies came out around <laughs> it. And you would be so surprised how many of your favorite movies released all at about the same time. Oh, yeah, because that was exactly what happened to us. We were yep. both watching the Titanic, and I was like, man. Well, what we did first is we were like, how did Leo robbed, right? And we looked at the Academy Awards that year, and we were like, wait, look at all these other movies that came out. Yeah, well, it started, <laughs> we were looking at award winners in 98, and we started yes. looking through that award. 98 actually mean the film came out in 97 and then when we started looking at all the films that came out in 97 we were like holy shit so yeah yeah 97 was also the year that uh, Florida Marlins won their first glorious World Series title so another win for 1997 how are the Marlins doing now I'm talking about 1997 today I'm just I'm but I think you know, a lot of these movies, I think Ben would agree, it was it was a simpler time, right? Some it was. Movies, I mean, you didn't have a superhero movie. You could pull off movie. Good Burger. Yeah, you didn't have a superhero movie coming out every other weekend. You had studios that were willing to give chances on new and first-time properties. Like, yeah. Like, it's funny we're going to use Good Burger as an example. That's not an original concept. That's the first time it hit the big screen. Right. It may yeah. not have been a huge success, but it was enough of a that they made money off of it. But you um, didn't, you know, while you still had some of the rehashing franchises, right? You still had... You had movies. Aliens Resurrections, Scream 2, and I'm just talking top 50 right here. Right. Alien Resurrections, Scream 2, um, Speed Cruise, Speed 2 Cruise Control, um, and Lost World Jurassic Park. Those are the only real sequels Those in 97. rehashes, right? So, yeah. and then, then you, you had have, so like, many new yeah, you, you had know. like Tomorrow Never Dies is like a not a new concept. No, but, but like you said, you had Con Air, you had Space Fifth Force, Element, Fifth Element, Spawn, Starship Troopers. At the time, Austin Powers was Mike Myers yeah. was Will Ferrell before Will Ferrell was Will. Ferrell. It's true. <laughs> that's that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's I hope true. you're writing these down because <laughs> I think we've discovered it. multiple. We have a lot of conversations, and we're like, how can we turn that into something we can podcast about? And you'd be surprised how much that happens while we're podcasting. It's true. It's Um, true. We could go off on like 10 other topics, but I think one of the biggest things, Ben, what is your biggest takeaway from 1997? Biggest takeaway from 1997 is Leonardo DiCaprio got fucking robbed. And Kate. She almost died for 1997. I understand that, but Leo, okay? Right, right. 
Um, and the last thing I want to mention about 1997 is it was 22 years ago as of this recording. <laughs> God, that's painful. That's so to put that in perspective, I was eight years old. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's oh, true. But I, I honestly think that's about all we can talk about the movies in 1997. I think, I think that covered... I think that that covers 97. I'm ready ready to move away from that year because we, I I did watch a lot of movies. <laughs> well, if Once we again, missed, yeah, if we correct. missed any of your favorite movies, we're sorry. Let us know. Please, let us know what we should know. Don't angrily mess. We want positivity. <laughs> this podcast is run on the power of positivity and booty. <laughs> um, but let us know if we didn't mention your movie. Give us a reason to watch it, and we will watch it, and we will give you some indication in a future podcast call you up we'll, we'll we'll hype you up we'll retweet you and we will give you our opinion of what your favorite movie was after we watched it exactly. um, i just want to leave everybody on the note of saying if we miss something you wanted to talk about let us know we'll get into it we'll talk about it uh and that way you know you're not forgotten about we are thinking about our audience here yeah, if we totally jacked up some facts or something, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll we'll issue corrections or something in a upcoming episode if we really made some really bad mistakes. But I know we were both kind of fact checking ourselves each other uh, as this podcast was going on because yeah. we didn't write out ten pages and you know wrote out like three. So yeah, four, three or four. You know, it, it was four. Uh, I yeah, typed them all. Then typed them all out. <laughs> but once again. Thank you for listening. If you found us on Stitcher, most ratings there. I think Google Podcasts is something similar. Anywhere you can leave a rating, please do that. Um, that helps us, you know, show up on search results as we're getting started here. And once again, you can find us on podcast.tmtobethisold.com. You can find us at our Twitter handles. Everything's in the show notes. So thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us next time. And do we want to give them a little idea of what our next subject is? Leave Go them, ahead. Leave them, leave them warning. Well, so our next, are we? Let's let's maybe introduce two possible subjects. Okay, so we actually have two things on the burner. Um, we will either be going back to our discussion format that you saw in our first podcast, mentioning um, the changes, the rapidly changing world of gaming. Yes. Or if we can get everything worked out correctly, how to throw the perfect party. Yes, absolutely. So that will be that will that will require a guest that was like another partial inspiration for doing the podcast in the first place because I wanted somewhere to bring a conversation that I have had multiple times with this person while drinking to the public because <laughs> it's fantastic. right. So right. you'll see us next time and hopefully you enjoy it again. Hopefully you enjoy these movie podcasts and we'll have some discussion and we're kind of all place, but you know we hope you enjoy it. All right, and I am Ben, and like he mentioned, you can find us at our Twitter handles. And just a little note on that podcast name or our website: it's T O O, as in too extreme, not T O, for yes. anybody needing those grammars. Perfect. Thank so, you, Ben. No problem. Again, also find me at Twitter at AndySum25, and like Ben mentioned, we also have our. Uh, Twitter handle for the podcast T-O-O, Young To Be This Old. So if you feel like leaving us some 
love over there, please do. So for you guys listening to this, whenever you are, y'all have a great day, morning, evening, night. All right. Bye.